All right, everybody, welcome back again. Good day to you all. And so this would be episode two. And first, I got to tell you, I've gotten such a warm reception online as I, you know, launched the podcast the previous week. And um, it's been well received. Thank you all. Please continue listening as long as it's entertaining and it gives you some sort of value. But uh, today's guest is another high school friend of mine. And before I introduce him, I'd like to share a few words about sports, which ended up being the unintended theme of the podcast today. I'm a huge fan of sports. I played in individual sports as well as team sports, and both have their merits, and they each teach you something a little different, but under the same general principle of in order to win the match or game, you must win yourself. Combat and team sports have so much in common, and I should say combat and team sports have so much in common. First, you're a group of like-minded individuals with a strategy to overwhelm an opposing team trying to achieve the same on you. You know you can't just wake up and engage the conflict. You must prepare. You must train. You must be educated on your enemy. You need to know the environment. You must understand the knowns, consider the known unknowns, and hope your training is enough to combat the unknown unknowns. In the words of the Prussian military genius Karl von Clausewitz, this is the fog of war. Sports, is, sports also have much in common with society. First of all, it's a conflict, but it isn't just any conflict. It's a conflict with rules. There are ethics. There's morality. We talked today on the podcast about cheating in sports and the scarlet letter one takes on after found cheating. The rules, ethics, and morality of our society, the strong yet very fragile fabric of our society, are currently being stressed. That which weaves our society together is on the cusp of replacement, improvement, and potentially degradation. We seem to be playing a game in society where we are negotiating the rules in the middle of the game. But honestly, I can think of no better way to do it. I just hope we don't forget the spirit of sportsmanship in pursuit of a more refined, sophisticated substructure of the game itself and of society. Finally, sports just teach us. You can learn about limitations, about strength, about courage, adversity, tenacity, and even responsibility. I can remember my seventh grade basketball coach telling us, work harder than the person you'll play this year who ran the extra suicide or took the extra free throws. Sports teach us how to resolve conflict and how to respect one another before, during, and after that conflict. My guest today is a sports nut. I mean that as a term of endearment. His name is Michael Beach. Michael is a savant of sports knowledge. We had no topic or direction in the podcast, but everything seemed to float back to sports. We talk about a number of other topics as well. He technically still works in Maryland, but he recently bought a home on the Gulf Coast and he was transitioning back at the time. He built a home bar, a beautiful home bar, and he flooded it with a most impressive collection of signed sports memorabilia. It's really, really quite amazing. He's a great dude with a calm command of voice and of storytelling. I'm excited to roll this out for you all. Everyone, please welcome Mr. Michael Beach. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Shop and Chivalry podcast. Uh, my guest today is Michael Beach. Uh, he's a friend of mine, known for years, went to high school together. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mike, take it away, man. Uh, and so, we go way back. Yeah. Man, way back. I mean, we're, what is it? So, we're out of school for 13 years now. Yeah, dog. And that means, like, <laughs> including high school, we're going on 20, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a long time. So... Yeah, man, great to be here. I'm actually pretty impressed with all this. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. so this is, uh, for, for those who don't know, this will be my second interview. I mean, you're, you're going to know probably because you're going to click on, you know, the second episode, but, <laughs> and, and it'll probably be titled as such, but, so have you ever done a podcast? 
This is my first one. Okay. Yeah, this is my first one. I've been around when they were recorded and such, like mm-hmm. fantasy football ones mainly. Really? But, uh, yeah. Where at? So I, um, I was actually, well, I guess technically I was on a podcast. So I was on Fantasy Focus on ESPN. They, have a, uh, they do a man's league every year. Okay. Like a, uh, a 12, 16-person po- uh, fantasy football league. And uh-huh. they did a live show in Washington, D.C. So during that one, I asked a couple of questions. I actually gave Matthew Berry for ESPN. I gave him a, a signed Joe Theismann jersey on the podcast. Put me in the man's league like that. Really? Yeah, millions of people trying to get in it. He, <laughs> he put me in it just like that. It was pretty cool. So that's my only podcast experience is like going to live recordings like that one. So, so that league, that's an, that's an actual fantasy football league, yeah. right? It's so, a 16 team uh, fantasy league for just uh, mainly people who listen to the show. And it had um, Daniel Dopp, who's their producer for Fantasy Focus on ESPN, and uh, Stefania Bell. Okay. You know, injury, you know, yeah. personality for ESPN too. So it had those. And I got, I got fourth you know, out of a 16 team league, but. Wanted to win, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that league was full of just kind of fantasy football studs too. Studs. So, dude. so for you to be fourth in that, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I take pride in that. I beat Daniel Dub and Stefania Bell, so I, oh. can, I put that on my fantasy resume for sure. Hell yeah! Well, that's awesome. So, so how'd you get the jersey, dude? So actually, when I worked at uh, Island View, I was a casino host at okay. Island View in and, Gulfport, right? Yeah, okay. in Gulfport, and they used to do every now and then they would have you know, uh, celebrities or athletes or anybody come in and do these, these like meet and greets, Mm -hmm. you know, for players. So we'd have to get them, uh, you know, tickets for and stuff based on their play. But I actually had a Joe Theismann jersey for a long time. Okay. And so I brought it with me and he was nice enough to sign it for me. Yeah. So at, at the, uh, DC show for fantasy focus, I know Matthew Berry's a monster Redskins fan. Okay. Yeah. So I brought it with me and I was, I was wearing it at first and then I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to shoot my shot here. So, <laughs> yes, I gave it to him on it, and he was like, you're in. I'm putting you in right now. And I was like, ah, oh, yes. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah, that's Never awesome. expected it at all. <laughs> so so that's one thing I, I know a lot about you. Um, well, when, when I think of you, the first thing I think of is, like, your love for sports. I mean, uh, I'm going to take some pictures in here so I can put on the site. Um, but uh, you're a big sports fan. Big. big and and, and so you've built this home bar. Mm-hmm. Have you named it? I haven't. I'm actually still. I'm still trying to find like the perfect name. I yeah, worked yeah. so hard on it. It's, I don't want to just call a feel. it. Like, it's a feel thing, right? Yeah, you know, yeah I don't want to just call it like some the beach sort of house, right. something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like too, too easy. <laughs> right, you know, I right. Want, I want something good. Something like the lounge, maybe that's, yeah. that's kind of sports related. Yeah, yeah. And I want to get like a sign made. You know, yeah, for the wall and stuff like that. So we can look around and and so do you want to walk walk us through like kind of. The merchandise you have in yeah, here? Yeah, so just, I still have a ton of stuff at home in Maryland, too. Mm-hmm. But I have a framed DeAndre Hopkins, still Texans, but framed DeAndre Hopkins jersey. This J, JSA authenticated. My favorite receiver. Beast. Love that guy. Monster. And um, plus the story with his mom, too, which is, which yeah. is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah so that's an awesome story, too. She's never seen him score an NFL touchdown. Right. You know? Been she, there for all of them. Can't, I know. haven't seen any. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I have three 16 by 20s. I have a Odell Beckham making a catch against the Cowboys. Okay. The one-handed one. I have a Magic Johnson 16 by 20. Lakers are my bit favorite team of any sport ever. <laughs> yeah. So I have an Elgin Baylor um, 16 by 20 as well. Um, in my display case, I have autographed jerseys from Mark Ingram, Devin Booker, uh, Jerry Rice, I have an Ezekiel Elliott High School signed jersey that I got from Kelvin Bolden. Okay. Um, AJ Brown, Ray Guy. I, I like. I wanted the Mississippi kind of theme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I got a bunch of those guys are Mississippi based. Uh, Ray Guy, Andrew Luck, Cam Jordan. Um, I have a Jock Peterson Dodgers jersey. Um, 
some John Jones worn shorts. They're signed by John Jones. UFC fighter, best one of all time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hands down. Um, Nick Chubb, rep- replica signed helmet. Uh, John Brown, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He signed a cleat for me. Okay. Uh, I also have a big Marvel guy, too. Marvel films, Marvel comics. That's probably my I've second okay. like, big thing. So I have Don Cheadle, War Machine. Uh, I have Elizabeth Olsen. I have Ken, uh, Chris Evans, Captain America. Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. Uh, Hugo Weaver played Red Skull in the first Captain America film. Joe Horn. Um, mm-hmm. I have a Randy Moss signed mini helmet. Uh, DK Metcalf signed cleat. Uh, it's another Mississippi guy. I and reached then, deep for him in, in my fantasy draft. Yeah. And people thought I was crazy, but. Yeah. Monster. <laughs> yeah. led, the, led the NFL in red zone uh, attempts. When I saw. When I saw just his size, I thought, and plus he's going going to the Seahawks. Like, oh yeah, I'm 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 reaching yeah. deep for him. Freak I'm, athlete. Oh yeah, yeah, freak One athlete. The, for yep, sure. Absolutely, and he's and he's got the wide receiver attitude. Yeah, which, which which there's something about elite wide receivers. You have to have that attitude. Like all of them have it. You actually want the ball all the time. To yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to believe sure. that you're the best one with it. Yep. It's best and it fits in your hands. So, That's right. Um, other than that, I got a Chris Davis signed um, Auburn picture making the, during the kick six. That one's one of my favorite ones. I got him to sign that for me at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Nico Miritich signed basketball. He used to play for the Bulls, for the Pelicans. He just won MVP of the, I think, the Italian League. Really? Yeah. Um, Boomer Esiason and D Ford. And then up here, I have a Cam Newton signed 8 by 10 too. So did you buy these collectibles or did you get them signed? Uh, some of both. Okay. So, like, I got the Chris Davis, the D Ford, um, I got those signed in person. The Joe Horn I got signed at Island View as well. Okay. Um, the most of the other ones I got either online or bought them in antique shops, things like that. Okay. Yeah, I have some pretty cool ones at home too. I have a, a full full signed Magic Johnson and Shaquille O'Neal jerseys. I have a full signed um, kind of like the DeAndre Hopkins, but it's an Alvin Kamara. Okay. Yeah, and then I have an autographed Drew Brees. Pro Bowl jersey inside. Mm-hmm. It's not framed yet, and I keep it out. I keep it in the house. Yeah, and I keep yeah. that one close to me for sure. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, you've got to. Yeah. I think I think the only piece of sports memorabilia I have. So I was raised. Um, I'm I'm a basketball you know fan first, and so I was raised on the old Sixers, and my dad's favorite player was was uh, Dr. J, and so I watched a lot of that, and so I became a Dr. J fan. I yeah. appreciated kind of what he what he contributed to evolve you know, the game of basketball. And so I have, which, which my dad got for me. It's a, uh, it's a signed, uh, picture out of, out of a magazine that has, uh, Dr. J dunking over Larry Bird and, Ooh. and, and Dr. J signed it. Yeah. Nice. But the only other two kind of, well, I've, I've got the, so the year that, uh, Mississippi state was number one, Ole Miss was number two. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got, I've Auburn got that sports yeah. illustrated. Yep. Yeah. And then I've also got the, uh, um, Hillary Clinton, uh, Madam president from Newsweek. Nice. So the modern day, you know, uh, Dewey, Dewey defeats Truman you yeah. know, kind of deal. Yeah. 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 But I won't say how much I paid for that one. I just thought that was a, a really cool piece of That's history awesome. I had to have. Yeah. I've gotten kind of more into things like that, trying to pick up some more like, um, not necessarily all sports stuff, yeah. but some more just like, you know, kind of like the Marvels, Marvels yeah. things that'll stick out. I have a, uh, a Stan Lee signed Captain America replica shield at home, too. So that one will come in here. That poor back. guy, man. His, his family tried to rip him from his money and, like, rights to movies. Like, that's, yep. that's, that's such a terrible thing. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I have that one. Um, and I have some more stuff coming that I'm pretty excited about. So, yeah. Yeah. I always wanted my own, kind of my own bar. Yeah. Yeah. The reason is, I, as I get older... I mean, you probably know as I get older, like going and standing 
you know, in a crowded bar. Yeah. You know, 90 decibels minimum. Yeah. You know, it's loud. around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't talk to your friends. Yeah. It's frustrating. It waits, takes 20 minutes to get a beer. By the time you pay for it, you're done. Yeah. You need another one. So, yeah. I kind of got the idea of I would much rather avoid any kind of drinking and driving, having to pay for Ubers. I can listen to what I want to listen to. That's right. Watch whatever I want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always kind of wanted my own bar. So, yeah. That's why I worked real hard on this one. So, you lived in New York for some time, right? Because you went to Cornell. Did- so, I did that. That was all online. Okay, perfect. perfect. Yeah. So, it, it was interesting. When I saw that you built this bar, and I, and I put it together that you uh, went to Cornell, I assumed that you went to New York. But that's apparently a really big, uh, call it like a niche kind of hobby. Like neighborhoods will have multiple well outfitted garage bars, and there's really? a bunch of them. Yeah, and so people will go from place to place. Now the kicker is like you have to, like you can't charge anybody, right? You know, and. and because you have to have a liquor license for all that stuff. But, you know, people come over and they've got all these different types and, and, and they're really well, well built. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really cool, man. So yeah. I thought that maybe you kind of got that, ins- that inspiration, but. So I originally got it from my stepdad. Okay. My stepdad is, since I was a kid, my stepdad always had his own bar. Mm. It, my stepdad smokes a little weed. Right. So Hell yeah. yeah, he likes his having his <laughs> own place to go, like, you know, smoke a little weed. And, you know, like I kind of, like I said, he, he doesn't like going to crowded bars. Uh-huh. He says, you know, with 23-year-old guys with liquid courage, like bumping into you all the time, he's like, hey, I'd rather have my own place. So that was kind of what drove it. But when I, since I've lived in D.C., I've kind of gotten more to the fact that, like, God, going to crowded bars mm-hmm. is not as much fun as it was 10 years ago. So, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'd rather have my own place to hang out and do my own thing. You know, when I was moving back here, one of the things I thought, because I didn't want to move back, honestly, uh, and I had to leave leave this area to kind of appreciate it. But I thought, man, it'd be cool because we can go hang out with friends downtown. And then I actually haven't been downtown. And yeah. we went driving down there one time back in, like, January. And I was like, man, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Like, all the music is – like, you can't hear one individual song, first of all. Right. So you don't There's get that four experience. Different bars yeah, exactly. four different songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's full of, dare I say, military guys. Like, I almost got in a fight downtown with yeah. a military guy. Yeah, and you're the nicest person alive. Well, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm military, too. It's like, yeah. you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. It's on, not a good look. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm kind of the same way, man. I left, it took me leaving, you know, for a few years to kind of appreciate, um, you know, to kind of appreciate it too for what it is, right? Like, I love Washington, D.C. Love it. It's clean. The people are actually super nice, right? Like, um, it's not one of those super crowded cities that you can't drive in. You know, everything's laid out really well. I loved it, mm-hmm. right? But it kind of does take you leaving, leaving a place like Ocean Springs or a piece like South Mississippi to kind of figure out how kind of like wonderful it can be yeah right like my future wife she didn't grow up with a ton of family right so that main reason we came back here is to start a family be closer to mine Mm -hmm. because I have a pretty big family what we do is on like we take any chance we can to 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 get everybody together right like fourth of July was yesterday right so I had everybody over here have a pool here you know everybody celebrated we had a good time we hung out in the bar we played pool that's awesome. and all of that and she didn't get that a whole lot growing up so for her family you know her future family our kids and stuff she wanted them to kind of grow up around family which is the only reason I'm I'm moving back here as well yeah. right like we haven't moved back officially yet but um, that's kind of the whole goal is to be close to family to have Father's Day functions to 
you know, to be able to do that kind of stuff. She, we went to a little fireworks thing last night. She's never been to a fireworks display. Where's she, she from? She's from Illinois, and then she's lived in Maryland for 10 to 12 years. But her family doesn't buy fireworks. They don't do that. Like, they only go to, like, watch the fireworks in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, so yesterday we went to a friend's house and shot off fireworks with something she had never done before. She's run into so many new experiences here, you know, that she has never had before. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of all a really cool thing about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, there's something about community. There's oh, yeah. something about that. And, and, and I hope that out of this whole COVID thing, we start to see kind of a rebirth of that communal aspect of uh, living or local society. And this bar is case in point. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of thought you might have had a front-facing garage, and I thought, like, oh, he's going to inspire a lot of people to do this. Like, a lot of people are going to see, you know, they're going to have this neighborhood full of bars, like, yeah. which would be pretty rad. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, go to a bar crawl, you don't have to leave your neighborhood. Like, that'd be pretty neat. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Speaking of bar crawl, I've always wanted to do this. It's in, I think they have them in a lot of places, but I saw the one in Nashville, but it's a Santa bar crawl. Okay. It's in, like, the second or first week of December, and it's, like, Five ten thousand people all dressed in Santa as, really? as Santa doing a bar crawl. That's pretty cool. In downtown Nashville. Yeah. yeah, I dressed as Santa as a couple years ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I dressed as Santa and I went to. Uh, this is not like self brag, I promise. But I, we we did a, a, a brag a on brother for, shows about you for the children's <laughs> hospital in uh, in DC. There you go. So I dressed as Santa and I went around for for Wyndham destinations and we went around and I handed out toys and stuff to kids. You know, that was pretty, that was a pretty cool thing. I can see you having a future, uh, like Santa mall gig. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully I'll have to use a pillow under my, at that point. uh, Man, I'm fighting that too. I've got, so in my garage, I don't have a bar. I've got like a home gym and a wood shop. Oh, okay. And so those have to coexist. Yeah. Like you do things that are beneficial and I drink in silence. Well, well, (laughs) I don't do the last project that was, that was built in, in my shop was actually built by my wife and it was done completely by her. Uh, we laid floors yesterday. She did pretty much all of it. So I really haven't done much. She's been, yeah. she's been doing everything and I've been like a real lazy sack of shit. Yeah. So that's kind of like my, you know, she's been doing all the kind of stuff around here. Yeah. You know, she scoops the pool. Yeah. Does all this kind of stuff. Like I'm like, golly, I feel so bad. I go play golf. Yeah. I'll be gone for six hours and I come back and the entire house is clean. The deck is pressure washed. Like I'm like, golly, I've been drinking. I've drank 14 beers with my friends. Yeah. You know, she's been pretty useful. Yeah. I've been trying to get back into golf. I, I didn't go play this morning because I ended up having to help uh, the wife finish the floor. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I I was out in California when I started, and you could play out in Northern California, and it's beautiful out there. Ground's super soft. Courses are a dime a dozen, and it was $99, $99 a year for the oh, green wow. fees. Yeah. So That's nice. It's based on, like, kind of rank, because it was a military course. Right. So, E1, E4, you know, that's 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 what it was. But, man, yeah. love golf. I have a place that I play in, in uh, at home that's, like, 10 minutes from the harbor. You know, okay. Where I live in National Harbor, it's, like, 10 minutes. And they do, I'll go play nine because a lot of times I don't have as much time, mm-hmm. right? So I'll go play nine and it's like, it's like $8, but I can go and I can be gone for two hours and hit around yeah, and be good to go play with a good buddy of mine up there and, and be done, you know? So we would do it like three, four times a week, Yeah, but it's the same course. Sure. You know, it's kind sure. of an easy course too. Yeah. So like I'd get lower and then I'd go to a regular course and be like, God. I'm not nearly as good as I, as I thought I was. But you know the the thing about golf. I was trying to explain this to to somebody else, and and, and this would be a fun a fun debate to uh, to have with you. But 
I've, I've, I've come up with this definition of what I believe a sport and a game is. And okay. golf is a game. It's not a sport. Okay. Because you're never playing against anybody else. You're only playing against yourself. Mm-hmm. You're trying. It, it's a, it's a, um, all effort in kind of, kind of game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in a sport, I think somebody has to have the ability to oppose you. Okay. Right. So, so, so basketball, somebody can change your intention. They right. can affect the way, the way you play the game. Nobody really does that. Right. You know, you play your own ball. Nobody can play defense on you, really. You know, there's 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 rules around that. Yeah. So always uh, playing against the course. Yeah, exactly. Who's best against the course? That's that right. Day. That's who wins. That's right. Yeah, but you're right. In basketball, like if you, I mean, if you stick Kawhi Leonard on somebody, that they're not going to have as good a chance to score as if you put Trey Young on somebody. What do you yeah. think of the way Patrick Beverly plays defense? Oh, if he was on my team, I'd love it. I'd love. <laughs> I would love it. But I'm a diehard Lakers fan, so of course I hate Patrick Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't like the way he plays defense, man. Yeah. I really he's so frustrating. He's so frustrating to watch. He reminds me, and I would have this debate with anybody too. He reminds me of a less talented Tony Allen. And what okay. I mean is, Tony Allen was is probably is one of the best defenders I've ever seen. But he played it. He didn't have to do like he didn't have to foul. You know, he didn't have to do all that kind. Of, you just couldn't you couldn't go anywhere. He's so long. He was so strong. He just kept you in one spot all the time, and it was so tough to move. I thought you were going to say, honestly, Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen's probably one of the best defenders I've ever seen, too. Yeah, yeah. Greatest corner three guy I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone should know, I probably can't talk about sports to the degree that, that, that Michael can, and, and so this is probably a good segue for me to, to kind of tell my earliest story that I have of you. Oh, God. And so you're kind of worried about this. I am. And I don't it, know and what it, it could be. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's actually a really, really neat story because I think before this, um, I didn't know you that well. Okay. And we were in class, and someone, I think they were like, it might have been 10th grade. I can't remember if somebody was quizzing you or somebody told Coach Trostler that you – that he could name any player, and you could name where where they went to college at. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so that was a big you, thing for a while. Do you remember this day? I don't remember that specific time, but I remember it happening happening several times. Bro, yeah. you went like 20, 30 people, and and people were all all over the class, and you never skipped a beat. Like you didn't you didn't slow down to think. Like you were just this next next. Yeah, and it was really impressive. So so back to back to you uh, catching up with with. Coach Trosclair again, I'll bet you he remembers that because that was crazy impressive to me. Yeah. You know, like I, that, yeah, that you had that him. kind of recollection and yeah. the ability to do that. I hadn't seen him in probably, I mean, easy 10 to 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. And not since playing football. And he spotted me out of nowhere. Like, I'm talking 100 yards away almost. Like, hey, come here. And, you know, so I went over there and talked to him for a few minutes. But, yeah. I, I'm not surprised. You know, that's something that, that happens to me a lot. That and birthdays. I'm like incredibly, I don't even know where it comes from. Yeah. Birthdays are a big thing. I can shoot those off pretty easy too. Interesting. Yeah, of people that I've never met. <laughs> it's like famous people. <laughs> yeah, like I know a bunch of people's birthdays that I don't know why I would know that. What's something else? Like, so, so sports, you remember a lot about sports, birthdays, which, which you probably weaponize your sports knowledge like in, in fantasy sports. Oh, yeah. To your advantage. Absolutely. Do, yeah. Do you do any betting? Uh, I've gotten into it recently. Okay. Yeah. I've do you gotten do like into DraftKings and stuff? Yeah, okay. and FanDuel and stuff. Yeah. Actually, a crazy story I'll tell you is I had a boss at, uh, at Bill Ravage when I was a uh, customer care agent at Bill Ravage when I was like, I don't know, 20. Yeah. And uh, my boss played DraftKings and FanDuel every day. 
and he would call me into his office and we were supposed to be like, there was only supposed to be like a certain amount of time that we weren't on a call, mm-hmm. you know, like making calls. He would call me in and he talked to me about fantasy sports for like two hours and all the managers would be like, what are you doing? And he was the director. He'd be like, go, like we're having a serious conversation. They'd leave. And then we'd talk about fantasy football for like two hours. And he would, uh, he actually, there was a year, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but um, it was a year that the Vikings, it was week one. Right, so you know they always on Monday Night Football they always do two games mm-hmm. on Week One. So the Vikings played in the first game, and I know that the San Francisco 49ers played in the second game. Right, well he went into the first game on Monday Night Football, so the last two games of the week, he was in first place for the million dollars. Yeah, and he and he, had, and he still had Adrian Peterson to go. <laughs> right, so he was like, oh my God, he's telling his wife like, baby, we might we might win a million dollars. You know, like if he plays a decent game, we're gonna win a million dollars. Right? So he goes into this game. Adrian Peterson doesn't play well. Right? Carlos Hyde plays in the second game and scores like three touchdowns. He still won like 2,500 bucks, but he went from first to like 206th or something crazy like that. And I was like, God. That's rough. Yeah. So I've gotten into like, I bet on college basketball more than anything. Okay. Yeah. Because there's like because there's really that seems weird. like the, to to be the more difficult thing to do. It's because, because they're cross conference. They're yeah, and it, I think it's because maybe because a ton of people don't bet on it, so the odds don't change. They don't fluctuate as much, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you can play. You know, you can bet on a Cincinnati game, right? And there's not a ton of people betting on it, no. so the line's not going to jump around. Cincinnati's a really good basketball program, right? And when they have a down year, if they're playing a I don't know, Seton Hall, mm-hmm. right? And they have 11 points on them, something like that. Like, that's a pretty easy bet to win. You yeah. Know? So I got into I got into betting that in the NBA. Okay. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I, I did, uh, so I got into it uh, recently uh, too, but then, then COVID hit and sports stopped. Right. So I, I, won, I won $10 on the, uh, uh, on the weather in Atlanta. Oh God! Because <laughs> they don't have sports, so they had these other things that, that that you can bet on. So it was on a particular date. Will the will the t- it was basically an over and under bet. Yeah. Will the temperature be above eighty six degrees? Man, I went to farmers' almanacs and you know looking up historical temperature yeah. records and How, temperature in Atlanta for like three days. I was I, I was watching. Yeah. For ten bucks, whatever. But yeah, that's uh, how I feel about stocks. Yeah. yeah. I buy like that's how you should feel about stocks. Yeah. yeah. I watch it most of the day. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm like, all right, you know, Boeing is is up 15 bucks. So I own, you know, 50 shares of Boeing. So I'm like, all right, I'm doing really well. Yeah. And then the next day, it's not. <laughs> it's not doing really well. Yeah. With with Boeing specifically, um, you know, so I, I worked a lot in aviation. Mm-hmm. And they, Boeing might be a sinking ship right now because of the 737 MAX problem. Yep. And the government's not buying another aircraft anytime soon. So, yep. Uh, they've 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 really got to got to fix that problem because that's that's the most popular aircraft in the world right now and yeah. they're and they're globally grounded. I mean, yep. you know that's a that's a big deal. That has it has a lot. Um, so Boeing's first or their fifty two week high for Boeing is three hundred ninety one dollars per mm-hmm. share, right? Their fifty two week low was in early March, right? And it's at eighty. I think it's at eighty eight. Mm-hmm. So I bought it at eighty eight dollars a you share. Well, that's a good and buy. It was, and then at ninety six dollars a share, I got nervous and I sold it all. Right, so I only made $8 per share on it. Mm. It went up to 230 And I was like, God. This sounds, this sounds like my Tyson Fury Wilder uh, yeah. uh, uh, situation. I, I, was, I was walking out the door. I was going to put $200 on 
this specific bet, Tyson Fury, TKO, or, or knockout, seventh round. Yeah, which Man, is exactly what Exactly what happened. Yeah. And my wife talked me out of it because I'm not a big better. You know, I, I like small bets with, with friends, but I just I, I felt real confident about this, man. Um, and, yeah, I wish I would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing I like about, like, DraftKings and FanDuel and stuff is because of the fact that it is, it's a little more um, talent. You know, it's a little more, like, you can study it a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Like, fantasy football is something that's a huge big hobby of mine. So, I know, you know, I would think that I know more than about 95% of those people that are playing. For sure. Yeah. You, if, if you told me a bet to make, I would, I would go make it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's how confident, yeah. So, sure. it's super frustrating because I see, like, guys, like, I've won a decent amount of times, right, on DraftKings. Yeah. I've never won more than, like, a 1000 bucks, But um, I've seen guys who, like, they should never, ever be playing this person in their FanDuel lineup, ever. Like, playing the worst defense, hardest defense in the NFL, something like that, and then they explode for three touchdowns. And I'm like, that's that's the part that drives me crazy. So, yeah, so I've started to slow down on on it a little bit, like, yeah. on betting as a whole. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just fun, though. I mean, you know, it's 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 fun to have the rush. I mean, because I'll, I'll bet, I'll literally bet on just about anything. We had, man, what was it? Oh, so at – at my last base, I bet one of the airmen on on my shift in the control tower that he couldn't eat 20, 20 wild wings, and so and so he's like, "Oh, I could do that." And I and so then like confidence gets me thinking like, "Okay, let's let's set some parameters." Yeah, you've got like fifteen minutes. Uh, I think he wasn't allowed to drink anything. Yeah, you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're way too confident in this." Like, and then and then he countered with, "It has to be bone in wings." I think. And then, and then all flats. And I was like, okay. Cause, cause I'm thinking like, yeah, there's, there's less to eat, but it's going to get all over your lips. Right. Like, like that's going to burn the hell out of you. That's going to fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And he gets to like wing four or five and he starts, as you would expect, like tears, wow. tears rolling down. Like he starts convulsing. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I just killed this kid. Yeah. You know? Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's my golden boy here. Yeah, and I, I do this. I just, oh, I just killed him. And yeah. so, and so we stopped it. And then I ended up eating the rest of them, you know, because, you know, I'm the king with business. hot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Had to handle business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he ended up getting through eight, if I'm not mistaken. I know he didn't break 10, but yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll bet on anything. I tried to get somebody to eat 15 cans of Vienna sausages. God. You know, bet on, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I just enjoy the thrill of it. It's yeah. just fun, and it's a spectacle. Yeah, you know what's yeah. funny now is with uh, no sports going on, FanDuel and DraftKings, I know FanDuel, they've gotten into uh, simulated sports. So, like, for the real, like, the crazy betters, they're doing, like, Madden simulations and, like, who you can pick in your lineup from a Madden simulation. Yeah. So that's really? one thing that they've started to do. And I I did, like, three of them, but... I got pissed and quit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure I would like that. I think I would rather, because I don't feel like I can trust it. Yeah, you can't. You know, the, like like you're not going to have confidence in the whole process. Yeah. I did watch the 2K. Oh tournament. yeah, that yeah. was pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, <laughs> you get to see how good these guys really are. It's incredible. Yeah, and it I really play 2K. Is. I play 2K a decent amount, um, and I get in the little wreck in the wreck to play against other people, and I get dominated all the time that's the that's like so they've got in the game they have like a playground that has a bunch of courts and you basically do pickup games yep which is really neat it's like multiplayer yeah and and it's kind of cool lets you play with like your friends can play go play against two other guys right you can play two on two or like i have four four buddies that i play 2k with pretty decent so we play in the wreck we play five on five 
So that's pretty fun because we yeah. usually do pretty well in that. But, um, but yeah, watching that in the tournament on the 2K tournament on ESPN, it's pretty fun. I tried to play 2K recently, and I hadn't played it in a long time. Uh, and man, it's gotten too complex. For me. It's tough, dude. <laughs> like I can't, I can't do it. You know, yeah. I, I just can't. Now it's my brother, tough. he's uh, he's he's still in high school. He plays all the time, and, and it's it's impressive watching him do it, knowing how difficult it is. Yeah. You know, and that's part of it, you know, obviously. But. One thing I've gotten pretty decent at is, is Apex Legends. That's a good one. That's a uh, that's a Battle Royale, um, Xbox, PS. It's kind of like a Fortnite, but it's a little more detailed. That's one that I've gotten into playing pretty well. Okay. And I got pretty highly ranked in that one, too. So there's a girl that I used to work with back in Florida, She's an air traffic controller. She's in Illinois now, but she started streaming, and I think she's picking up a decent a decent income from it. Yeah, it's shout crazy out to what uh, you do. Dragon Queen. Yeah, <laughs> so a she's on mine, Xbox. Yeah, a buddy of mine that used to work at or that used to work with me at Bill Ravage. He has thirty thousand followers on Twitch, and uh, I don't even know what that means. Like, like I, I get it. There's thirty thousand people that that follow you, but how? <laughs> That's valuable, right? But how do you determine that? It's it's like cryptocurrency for me. Like I don't it really get it, is, you know. And it's so odd because this guy he gets two thousand dollars a month from two different sponsors to play video games because he has thirty thousand followers on Twitch. So what he gets on their plays, I mean, I mean a lot of people we'd be super happy with to bring home two thousand dollars a month. Period. I should I should say I got to this podcast as a hobby. I hadn't considered monetizing it, but yeah. like like you you say like oh my god, is there a, a Potential income in this, <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> it's my first thought. All the time. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. I, I see him making it. I'm like, man, I, I could do that. Oh, you, oh, you, you definitely could. Like, yeah. you could totally do a kind of like. You could gear it towards like being being from the south, like the Gulf Coast, and get a local following, and then transition that literally you know? and just build it up. People, that's exactly how he kind of did it. So, to be able to play video games for two hours a day, five days a week, and you know, bring home two G's a month, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 Nothing short of a miracle, I yeah. would say. I do that for, for free. So, yeah. <laughs> so, if I can just talk to people and play video games, I'd be, I would be super happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things. So, this, this whole thing started out with just kind of a, a guilty, well, not really guilty, but, but a selfish desire that I just want to talk, talk to more interesting people more often, one on one, because you can have better conversations that way. Right. And I felt like I've, I've kind of been missing that, that recently. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when you sit down and think like, okay, could I do this? You have to start accounting for like the people that you might like kind of talk to. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this in my first podcast because it's basically a monologue of, of why I'm deciding to, to do this. Maybe that's necessary. Maybe it's not, but you start to realize like you, how many impressive people I know Yeah, that I've come across that I've come into 1200 people on Facebook. And it seems when I start to look at them, like they all have an interesting take perspective on life. They've gone through experiences that I haven't. And man, I just, I'd like to catch up and just kind of know about that. Yeah. You know? And I think people would find it interesting that you, you're the most well, well-read person on sports I've ever known, you know? And, and so you. it doesn't, like that. all this doesn't, doesn't surprise me. You know, it's very fitting. Right. But there's also, I'm interested to hear like, what does sports mean to you? Okay. I can definitely give you some good stuff about that. So yeah. sports, sports is, it, it means, I don't want to say everything because my family, you know, that my friends, they mean everything to me. But sports gives me um, 
a way to get away from like the normal everyday things, right? Okay. It gets me away from having to worry about bills, right? It gets me away from having to worry about work. It gets me away from having to worry about all of the negative things that your mind goes to when you talk about life or think about like being an adult, right? Why is that? Is there like, is there a purity about it? I mean, I think there is, I think team sports are so important for, for everybody, right? You learn hard work, right? You learn that the world is not, does not revolve around you, mm-hmm. right? You learn so many things. Um, teamwork, obviously being the big, the biggest thing, yeah. pride, everything about it. I've just find, I don't know. It's like you can get lost in it, you know, watching a Saints game, for instance, right? I can get lost watching a Saints game and um, I just don't have to think about any of the non, you know, any of the, the negative things in life that may worry me or on a normal basis, right? I don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it just gets me away from having to worry about anything real, almost, mm-hmm. you know? It's an escape for you. Yeah, it's a three and a half hour escape. Um, there's s- super high ups, right? I've been an Auburn fan for a long time. Really good buddy of mine got me into that. There's a kick six, one of the best moments of my life. And I always remember where I am when certain things happen, right? Okay. Kick six, right? Missed field goal against Alabama and they return. It was November 30th, 2013, right? I was in Pop's Pizzeria in Biloxi, right? And I was watching it with my best friend, and we were watching that. And just, like, the joy that you can get out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It trumps a lot of things. There's the downs, right? What is it, two years ago? The non, the missed pass interference call, the Saints-Rams, right? Telling you. I'm Buddy. a Titans fan, but being, being around here, I felt that. Yeah, it's like, golly, there's the highs and lows, but I don't know, I mean... It's like golf when you hit that one really good shot that keeps yeah, you coming back. That's right. That's right. right. That's kind of the, that's what they mean to me a little bit. About the, about the pass interference call, what, what added insult to injury was that player in the locker room interview basically said, like, yeah, they should have called. He's like, look, I was making a play. Yeah, he said, I hit the know. shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was making a play on the receiver, not the ball, you yep. know, so – I thought it was pass interference. I guess they didn't call it. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was such a petition, too, to, like, get that game replayed. Right, which is crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. But but apparently the commissioner has that ability, which I didn't know. They have some – the commissioners have a lot of power. Yeah. You yeah. know, this whole thing that's been going on with baseball is the owners and the players have been going back and forth about how many games because the players want more games. They get paid more because they're being uh, – their salaries are being prorated. The commissioner could have at any time said, hey, we're starting the season and we're starting the state. You know, he has the power to do that. And it's pretty cool yeah. you know, to have the power over a billion, you know, multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. Right? It's a pretty cool thing. It's the power and responsibility paradox. Yeah. Though. yeah. Like, that's a lot. There's a lot of people who, well, there's millions and millions and millions of people who watch Major League Baseball. Yeah. Right? And one guy has the power to say, yeah, we're going to start it tomorrow. We're going to start it. <laughs> 30 days from now. Well, well, we're not going to start at all. Well, from my perspective, um, I worked for one guy who could say, pack your shit, you're going <laughs> yeah. to Afghanistan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Change your whole life. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's kind of wild. wild, which uh, I'll tell you another thing. That's kind of why I've moved. I've kind of moved towards doing my own, making my own money for myself. Yeah. Right. Doing, that's why I got into real estate. That's the mm-hmm. biggest reason I got into real estate was because I was in jobs where I was making my business millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars every yeah. year. But I was not bringing home millions, millions, millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was bringing home thirty five to forty thousand dollars. But I made the business that I work for fifteen million dollars. 
right? So that's why I got into, you know, into real estate. That was a big thing was because it, it's all about how hard you work. That's right. Right. If you want to work harder, you can make as much money as you want. You work seven days a week, you close more houses, right? You'll sell more houses. You'll help people buy more. You'll get your name out there. It's all about how hard you work. Right. Yeah. That's why my job with Wyndham Destinations was a big, you know, a big uh, thing that I wanted to work for them was because it's a, it's a commission based job, but there's, it's untapped. Harder you work, the more money you make. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So I really liked that fact because, you know, being a casino host, for instance, that's what I did for years. Right. And I would bring in these players and they'd spend millions and millions of dollars with, you know, whatever company I worked for at the time. And, you know, you still get vacations to climb. And I'm like, what? <laughs> these people can tell me I can't go, you know, to Pensacola with my family. But, you know, I just brought this guy in who made a million or who made you guys a million dollars. Yeah. Right. So I know every job obviously has that. You know, sure, sure. Every job has that. But that's something that kind of wore, wore thin with me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where it's, I got that into that from, but Well, I mean, it I hear that and I think, well, maybe it goes back to sports. Sports to me is a meritocracy. It's one of the purest meritocracies and, and so much the fact that when somebody cheats, there's there's no the worst villain in the world is the one who cheats in a sport. Mm-hmm. There's no greater villain. There's like no the worse place to be on on planet Earth than to be somebody who cheated in a professional sports because there's tribalism involved. There's an agreed set. It's a society. There's yeah. an agreed upon set of rules that we're all playing the game by. Yeah. And we're not going to get political, but just to make the metaphor of, of that's why people may feel disenfranchised because the rules that we're all supposed to be playing for don't seem to be equal. Right. You know, but again, no, that's a thousand percent true. That's why like cheating in a, in a sport, right. It affects so many things besides score, mm-hmm. right? If you look at, like, the Astros, right? That's the biggest cheating thing we've had in the last decade. Recently, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, is, is the Astros. And, you know, for those who don't know, they were filming, you know, signs. They were shooting signs to the dugout or, you know, into the uh, clubhouse. The clubhouse was sending, you know, signals to the batter. They know what's coming, mm-hmm. right? That not only affected a score, right? It didn't only win them a World Series against my Dodgers, right? Twice, Right, but it not only changed score, but those guys make more money. They get a bigger contract, right? Well, if they know what the pitcher's pitching, the pitcher's ERA goes down, mm-hmm. right? That might affect his next contract. There's so many variables that get affected when somebody cheats, right? That I think I'm I'm right there with you. I kind of think you're right. It's one of the worst things you can do. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a lot of worse things you could do, but that's a huge, you know, thing. Well, yeah, and again, I think all the underpinnings of of society are there. I mean, you, you you've got rules, you've got values, you've got ethics. I mean, there's 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 so many of those things that you can kind of compare with with society. Michael Jordan, did you watch the uh, documentary? Yeah, the last I sentence. bet you did. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And he still holds a grudge to this day that the Pistons walked off the court because they got beat. Yeah, he still holds a grudge. Yep, and and you know. People think it's ridiculous. I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought, yeah, that's right. Because Jordan stayed there, and he competed. He lost, yep. lost to them, shook their hand. Yep. Why aren't you going to do the same thing? That's the chivalry aspect. Yeah. Of it. See, that's another thing that I love about sports is there is these these unspoken things that you should do, and that's with anything in life, right? Yeah. Those guys walked off the court because they lost. You're going to lose a lot in life. That's right. And you better learn how to handle it. So that's one thing that... Kept him off the dream team. Yeah. yeah. 
hey, you lost there too. Mm-hmm. Should have shook hands. Hey. Should have shook right. his hand. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been in the picture. Could have kicked Christian Leitner off. That's right. right. Yeah. One of my favorite. Do- one of my favorite thirty for thirties. Everybody hates Christian Leitner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Um, Could have gotten rid of him. Yeah. Could have taken his spot. That's right. right. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he's just the best college player in the world. That's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I watched the documentary. It was it was fascinating for sure. Do you cool think less of Jordan being being the sort of mental guy that he was? Because I got a sense of that online that some people did. So I am probably not the best person to ask because I've never been a big Jordan fan of okay. him personally. Really? Right? Never been a big fan of him, him personally. Right? There, uh, And I get it, which is kind of, you know what's kind of weird? Is Kobe Bryant's my favorite basketball player of all time. But I've never been a big fan of Jordan. Isn't that weird? Because they get a, like a lot of the cerebral, like toughness, do anything to win kind of thing. He got a lot of that from Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just gonna say, like they're 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 arguably the same player in different generations. Yeah, yeah. So, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So I've never been a big fan of his personally, but to be honest, if it did anything, it kind of made me respect him a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. it kind of helped me out to to see kind of the world the, the way that he saw it. Yeah. Right, which made me, you know, I think the way if you can see the world through somebody else's eyes, you understand a lot of the decisions they make, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit easier. So, if anything, it probably helped. It was probably, it probably did good for him. There's a story there about uh, John Stockton where I think the owner of the Jazz, or maybe the coach, told, uh, told Jordan to pick on somebody his own size because he dunked over John Stockton. Yeah. And they had a seven-footer in that same game, so he dunked over them. Dunked and he on walked, him. And he, and, he, and he walked over and said, is he big enough? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Jerry Sloan. I think he did that that's to Jerry Sloan. He yeah. was the coach of the Jazz for a long time. Yeah. I mean, but, that's, like, but that's the attitude. But, you know, my favorite Kobe story about that was he was in a hotel. I think they were doing, like, an Adidas tour with Tracy McGrady. And they were kind of having lunch, and Trace like, man, I got to go work out, you know, stay in shape, that sort of thing. And Kobe's like, you don't need to do that, you know. Like, we're out here doing this press tour. Just, just kind of focus on that. Yeah, you'll be fine. And convinces him not to work out. Yeah, about six p.m. rolls around. He tries to find Kobe. He finds him in the gym. Yeah. Like he's working been working out. out for two and a half hours. Yeah, and Kobe's just laughing at him. Like, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> he's yeah. trying to get an edge everywhere. everywhere. You know, dude, yeah. I loved him. Like, in the. I'm such a diehard. I think a huge fan of my, a huge part of my sports stuff comes from Kobe Bryant. The first professional game I ever went to was a Lakers game. I think I was eight or nine, maybe. And it was in Charlotte, right? And I didn't know anything about Lakers. And then I had, at the time, what, 11 championships? Won five since then. So I didn't know anything about basketball. I was just going. My dad took me, right? But I watched this game, and it was, it was early Kobe. I think it was... Must have been 97, 98. Number eight Kobe. Yeah, it was number eight Kobe, right? Uh, With uh, yellow marshmallow Adidas shoes. Exactly. God, those are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. Yeah, so glad he switched to Nike. But um, I fell in love with watching sports at that game, right? Just because, like, you know, at the time I was into Marvels, Marvel and Transformers and Ninja Turtles and that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I was like, this, it may be the coolest thing I've ever seen. The stadium, just everything, the arena being so big, maybe eight, nine years old. Yeah. And then all of these people coming to watch these 10 guys, right, play basketball. It was, like, super fascinating to me. And the Lakers blew them out, right? This is way back when. And uh, Lakers blew them out. I think uh, Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, I think they were still in Charlotte then. Um, 
But I fell in love with basketball watching those Lakers, which is why they've always been my favorite team. I get a lot of questions about, you know, why, how are you a Lakers fan in South Mississippi? Well, we don't have, we don't have a pro basketball team here. Yeah, so fair I enough. just chose one, right? But at the time, I didn't realize it was the Lakers. But, yeah. uh, but I've just fallen in love with their history, the showtime, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But Kobe Bryant has always been uh, just what I kind of – the epitome of the, the athlete, right? The one who, like, I watched growing up, the one who had posters on my wall, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it was Kobe. I'm sensing a connection here with the hero myth. So, so, so to be somebody who's who's into Marvel comics and and to idolize these these kind of great players and pay mm-hmm. pay homage to these great players in the way you describe Cody, Kobe. If you think of basketball as this sort of like war or sports as this war, mm-hmm. and the hero the hero emerges, the one who carries his troops through there to win the battle. Yep. that's the hero myth. Yeah. and to do it properly, you must be humble. But you must be aggressive. It's kind of the whole idea behind chivalry. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I think actually that's probably really good. There's probably a lot of parallels between the two. Yeah, um, because those are probably my two favorite things: is sports and then Marvel comics. And a lot of people do ask me, "Why do you like that kind of stuff?" You're 31 years old, and I think it has a lot to do with what you're saying, right? Is that hero complex having somebody who could, like kind of puts everything to the side? to take care of other people, but to pull everybody through bad situations. That's yeah. Those are not new stories. Right. Those are fundamentally part of our, our anthropology. Yeah. You know, you can go back through, you know, the story of Abraham is a hero myth. Mm-hmm. You know, he was somebody like you can look at Tony Stark. Tony Stark was this person that was, you know, self-interested, didn't want to go out and do things. He faces some adversity, becomes somebody who can transcend himself to become a value to the world and yep. fin- and protect now the world. Father, you know, Abraham was the father of nations. You know, he lived with his parents, I think, till he was 70. Yeah. And then God was finally like, you know, why don't you get out and do something? Yeah. You know, make something of yourself. And so that's what he does. He decides at 70 years old, he's going to go out and now start braving the world. These are not new stories. Right. They're, they're, they're just retold in different ways. Yep. They're just repackaged. Yeah. I think that fundamentally has kind of like been part of my growing up and becoming an adult is these hero stories and like. It's kind of why I try to be the best I can, right? You know, yeah. that's all we can really do. But I think a lot of it has to do kind of with that, right? It's just when you think about heroes, you think about not only them bringing you through, you know, adversity or bad situations or, you know, getting you to be successful in some sort of way. They're always trying to be better, right? They're trying to be the best that they can be, not only as people, but to others, you know, things like that. So, I don't know. I think you're probably right. I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Oftentimes, I think people are trying to get, again, I think this is a parallel in sports. People have to transcend themselves to become the greatness. Yeah. You know, you've got to, like, like me personally, I've got, I've got my vices. I've got things that I enjoy doing. You know, Mexican food will ruin just about every goal I have. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but I've got to transcend that to put something of higher value above it so that I can become better. Yeah. And Kobe has to do that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's Tiger Woods out there, you know, taking multiple cuts, you know, with the bat while, while he's playing, you know, for the, with the White Sox farm team. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, you're, you're Birmingham Barons. Barons, Barons. That's, that's yeah. right. So, uh, you know, again, I, I think that's, there's got to be something to that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm not smart enough to know, but, but, but I just feel like there's, there's something to that. But it goes, through, it goes to every part of your life too. Yeah. Right? Like it comes to if you want to be in really good shape, right? And this is not just the athlete thing. This is for, you know, a lot of people struggle with getting in really good shape, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to get out of bed in the morning, right? Well, when you wake up and you look at your alarm clock, whether it actually runs through your mind or not, 
the one thing that you're thinking is I would rather go back to sleep than be in really good shape. Yeah, for sure. Right? And it might only happen once right then, but when it happens 280 times in a year, you're not going to be in really good shape. Yeah. Right? You chose to sleep that extra half hour once, but you did it 280 times. That's right. Yeah. So there's things like, I think it kind of comes down to whenever you want to get anything done, you want to do anything better, you're always going to have to get through, you know, get through things like that. Right. There's a, I forget if it's um, Jung or Frederick Nietzsche, the uh, psychologist, like early 20th century, late 19th century uh, psychologist. They say the things you most need to find in life are the, are, are in the places you least want to look. Mm-hmm. In the darkness. Yeah. You know, and you've got to brave the darkness, which is the hero myth. Yep. You've got to brave the darkness in order to come out, you know, and find the light in the tunnel, so to speak. Yeah. Which you've kind of said what I want to say to people when they ask me that question. Um, you've said it in much more eloquently than I ever oh, have been able to. I I'm a fool, like, man. Don't give me that kind of credit. Yeah, I'm always like, uh, I, 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 I don't know. Like, you know, so I think that really is what it is. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and, and I think when, when people do those things that, and again, I'm, I'm no saint here. Um, I can tell you 15 things I did that, that weren't, you know, on the list of the top most important things I should be doing. Right. So, but I think it's a value problem, right? So mm-hmm. in that moment where you don't wake up and don't work out, you've decided that sleep has a higher value at that point. Yeah. You know, so. Than ever being in shape. Yeah. 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 Or if you decide, hey, I'd rather play, you know, I'd rather watch TV than get up and go to the gym. All right. Or it doesn't even have to do with, have to be with like a physical, like a health thing. It could be like, I really want to make more money. Right. Do I want to go slap flyers on, you know, on posts? Probably not. But if that's how you get your leads, I mean, you got to do it. That's right. right. I've been in sales for the last few years. Like if I want leads I have to go get them right and I have people that say hey I'm perfectly okay with being average which I've never been one of those people right so it comes with anything yeah I'd rather sit around you know sit in my own bar and do what I want to do but I have to go chase leads right because um well you wouldn't admit you wouldn't have been able to have this bar had you not chased the leads exactly right and one thing that Kobe said I think he said it at I don't remember which ESPYs maybe 2013 that was when he retired so maybe the 2016 ESPYs he said, uh, never ever rest in the middle, right? There's nothing cool about being average, right? So when it comes to pushing through anything, that's one thing that I always kind of stick, stick to. That's something I want to get, you know, a tattoo of is never ever rest in the middle, mm. right? Nothing cool about being average. So got to push through things if you want to do the best you can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no matter what it's about. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know what it is, why, why it seems that that's, some sort of intellectual advice these days. It seems like it is, but it sounds also pretty common sense, right? Yeah, you, know, you but, would think. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you'd think it's pretty... Uh, people, some people are okay with being average, right? Yeah. They say, hey, it's, I can pay my bills. You know, I can eat out once a week. You know, my kids won't go hungry. Like, I'm yeah. cool with that. I've never been one to think that average is a, is a cool place to sit. No. Right? You know, like, why be average when you could be exceptional? Yeah. You know, and it, all it takes is work. All it takes is like doing some things you don't want to do. And not much. Yeah. And you feel better for it too. Yeah. A do thousand your, times better. Do you know your body responds to it? Do what? So your body responds to it. So so you so the same chemical uh, in your brain, dopamine, mm-hmm. uh, that is responsible for uh, well, it's it's basically there to make sure you get things done. Yeah. So 
<laughs> it's also highly addictive. Yeah. So that's why an alcoholic feels better, you know, feels happier when he gets the alcohol because he's accomplished the goal that he yeah. set out to get. The dopamine's that reward system. So that's why people can get addicted to working out or that's why people can, that's why CEOs who are incentivized to uh, boost the value of the stock, not, not necessarily take, you know, care of employees. That's why they continue to do those things because yeah. that's the dopamine response. You know, that's, that's that like where that's runner's high come from. Yes. Well, yeah. no runner's high. It would be a secondary response. The primary response would be endorphins. And so do you know why when you laugh, and like you're, you, you cry and your body hurts. It's because what you do and when you're laughing is you're, uh, um, uh, what's the word? You're convulsing your internal organs. So what your body's sure. doing is it's sending the, the neurochemical and endorphins throughout your body to mask physical pain. So that's why whenever you do a run and you reach a point, now you can just run. Yeah. Now you're just in there. That's because your body is surging with endorphins. Huh. I should probably try running so I can try that out. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny, man. So I mentioned I've I've got a I've got a home gym, a, a great setup. I've got this tight next three folding rack, you know. I've, yeah. I've I've got everything I need. I've got a heavy bag in there. I don't have a speed bag anymore. I need to get one. I just don't have a place for it. But I was running. I was running, you know, six miles a day. No problem. Yeah. Like I, I when I said like I could run to your house, it's because like yeah, I could like I was running all the way down to Beverly Place and back. Yeah. So. That's but I got to a point at about just about like a one, just a little over a mile. Mm. If I get through that part, because that was the hardest part, man, I was good. Cruising. Cruising. Yeah. 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 Autopilot. Yeah. So, yeah. Something about that, man. Like your, 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 your bodies are designed to help you through things, mm -hmm. but you got to know how to tap into it. Yeah. So, and, and again, it's, it's, again, it, it's back to the same thing about the work. Like, yeah, it sucks, but there's an element there like trust your body like your body's designed to get you through these tough things literally yeah yeah and like and i kind of get it like people who get addicted to working out like i kind of get addicted to doing well you know at anything right and that's not saying i do well at everything because i don't right yeah. but the things that i do well in like it gets fun to put work in mm -hmm. and see those results so one thing i love about like doing renovations and stuff on houses right is not only do you see this super shitty house and that nobody took care of it for life, but you get to see as you're doing things to these houses, you get to see the difference. Like yeah. what you saw in your mind, you get to see it. That's right. Right. And I'm not Joanna Gaines. I don't have like the computer programs lay it all out and all that kind of stuff. But like when I like when I see a something in my mind, like in one of these houses or something, I can go in there and I can say, Hey, this needs to come out, this needs to do this. And when you see it actually happen, ugh. It's like one of the most rewarding things. Ever. Yeah, I think there's something primal about that. I think that's why I enjoy woodworking because you're taking something abstract and, and creating order out of it. And it's something you've produced with your own energy. And I think, I th and, you know, maybe that's kind of corny, but, but, nah, but there's I some think pride that in that's, it. yeah, yeah, there's, there's something in it. There's, yeah. there's something about it. It's just different. Yeah, and that's like this bar, for instance, like the actual bar piece. Like, I built this, right? And it mm -hmm. took me, took me two weeks, right, to build it. But now, like. It looks great. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But I have people who come in and they say like, oh, where'd you, where did you find this bar? Like, where did you buy this bar? Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't buy this shit. I built this. There you go. Yeah, from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, it took me 30 trips to Lowe's mm -hmm. and, you know, some YouTube videos to figure out how to wire stuff. But I, I did it. That's right. Right. And it's like, it's that cool piece of pride. Like, you really can do anything you want to do. Yeah. They tell you that when you're a kid and you don't believe it. Right. And you probably, it probably does take you 
you know, until you're an adult, life experiences and all that kind of thing to kind of figure it out. But you really can do anything you want to do. I tell people the only thing that's necessary for you to learn something is the courage to fail at it. First. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, and I failed it's, it's just courage. Most of the things I've you're done. You're going to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked up a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you've, you've, you've don't, you know, and, and, and not just you, cause I don't know your background with, with this sort of thing, but if you had never built anything, I'd say, you don't know what you're doing. So yeah. you're going to fuck it up. Yeah. But push through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It took me like, I had never really built kind of anything. Yeah. Right. Like I've worked on cars. I used to work on garage doors a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but uh, like I'd never built anything. Right. So I got my plans, drew it out, you know, figured out what I needed. It literally took me probably 10 trips to Lowe's. I yeah. figure out, oh, I don't, I don't have enough of this. I didn't buy any spare wood. Mm. So if I mess up a cut, I'm out of wood, right? It, it was like little stuff, but yeah. My wife learned that lesson today uh, with the floor. Well, really yesterday. So she, I'm staying out of her way because I can be kind of overbearing, you know, on these things. So she wanted to do this floor for a room. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, let me know if I can help. Mm-hmm. And I said, just some advice. You're going to want, because she's trying to keep the cost down. I said, you're going to want to do like, it's usually like what the measurements are plus 20% because you're going to waste in the cuts. Right. She didn't do that. No. She just bought the, so, so I had to, you know, be the good husband and make two trips this morning yeah. to Lowe's for, cause she got one box and I honestly thought that that would be enough. Yeah. And then, you know, once, once we got to it and we were cutting these, these small pieces to fit in, it ended up not, not being enough. But right before coming here, she's like, and I know this pained her, but she's like, I guess I learned a lesson. Yeah. Now it's not, <laughs> to be fair, she, she's not like, maybe you were right about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> which I don't need that, but, yeah. but, uh, but I did notice that and find it and, and find it comical. And, and I was like, well, you know, as, as long as you learn, you know, yeah, that's all it is, man. Is there's like, you learn little things. Like if I was to build this bar again, I'd, it, it ain't going to take me 10 trips to Lowe's. No. Right? It's going to take me. Project Probably planning <laughs> yeah. is as much of a skill set as building it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. That's why my fiance, I'm blessed because she is the patient one out of the two of us, and I am not. It's one of my vices same, is patience. Same here. Awful. Yeah. yeah. So she is the one who tapes rooms, right? She's the one who tapes off rooms when we painted. When we painted this place, she taped the whole thing. She did all the edges. All I did was roll. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to roll. You do all the, we're, we're living the same life, my friend. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not patient enough to go around this yeah. whole room. Like yeah. I'll just say, screw it and try to, and try to get it with a brush. Yeah. No, she's like, no, we need to do this the right way. And let me do that. I'm like, okay, like I'm blessed to have her. Cause my yeah. life it works a lot better <laughs> and a lot smoother because of her. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's funny. Yeah. Same yeah. way. That's interesting too, how, how you can have like kind of different personalities, but that's necessary. Like, I'm not sure if I've met two people in a long-term relationship that are the same person. They're usually like, they, they fulfill roles. Yeah. You know? And again, we can take that back to sports. Yeah. You know, when, whenever, uh, oh goodness, I should know this. Um, Larry Brown coached the Sixers. Yeah. So he coached the U.S. men's team mm-hmm. uh, one year and they did awful. And I yeah, remember him saying, the 2004 Olympics. Yeah. They got yeah, bronze. That's right. They, uh, Iverson was on that team too. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite players. Yeah. And he made the statement publicly. He's like, I, I tried to tell everybody like, you've got to forget the role you had on your previous team. And, yeah. and they, and they couldn't do that. 11. It was what? 12 of the best players in the world. I think they lost to Greece. I know that, um, Argentina won gold. Argentina won gold with Monte Ginobili. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that I'm pretty sure they lost to Puerto Rico. Okay. I think Carlos Arroyo was the point guard for Puerto Rico at the time. He played for the Raptors for a while. But See, um, folks, this is just impressive. Uh, <laughs> that means I have too much time on my <laughs> yeah. No, that's your thing, though. That's your thing. Like, it's, I mean, I mean I'm, that makes sense to me. You know, I, I was playing golf one time, and I got, man, I obsess about things. That's why mm. I have a wood shop. Yeah. You know, I, I, I pump out a few projects a year and I got a wood shop. Yeah. You know, for me, it's probably more about the shop than it is building the projects. But so when I got into golf, like I got deep, yeah. you know, like I'm, I paid attention to grain on the greens. I wasn't good enough to probably utilize it. I did right. get down to a two handicap though. Yeah. That's pretty good, bro. Yeah. So, so that was in California and I lost it once I got to Georgia because it was just too damn hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is here. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's funny in, in California, it's cheaper to golf. Let me think. It's cheaper to golf, I think, in the summer. No, that's not right. Because it's opposite here. So it's so it's cheaper in the summer here mm-hmm. because it's hot. Nobody wants to so play. Hot. Right, right, right. And 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 so the opposite was was true there because in the winter, like I could, I can tell you what the weather is in January mm-hmm. out in Northern California and also in July, any day. In January, it's rain, fifty five degrees, right? In the valley. No wind. July today, I promise you, it was 110 degrees in the valley and a 30-knot wind from the southwest. Golly. But it's every day. It's really consistent. That's what's great about California is, is you get so much great weather, like, like you can plan things out. But, man, 30-knot wind playing golf, you got to learn how to keep the ball low. Yeah. You learn that too, Iron Stinger. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I have buddies who play golf with me, and they're, we, I say that we're, we play golf, but we're not golfers. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not good enough to call myself a golfer, so I drink beers and hit – you know, hit stuff around my That's friends. basically what I do now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I call it. So it's funny when I get my buddies who are like, you know, they bring out like a $200 range finder and they're like, oh, I'm 170 out. And, and then he's like, I don't know what what I'm going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, why did you pay $200 for a range? Like, you don't know what to do with that thing, bro. Like, yeah. you just, it's like binoculars to tell you how far something is. That's all you're using it for. But I'm telling you, so when I got my first range finder, a laser range finder, I still have it. And that was that took all the stress out of golf for me, really, because I because I used to walk as well because because it was a dry 110 degrees, yeah. But but I would walk and and on a weekend I'd play I played 72 holes Damn. on a weekend, you know. So um, so that's pretty impressive. I was talking earlier about playing nine, yeah, <laughs> <You're playing> 72. <laughs> oh, not anymore, not anymore. Yeah. My, my my body can't do it. But uh, you know, I would I loved walking because I could process the shot, how I did it. You know, whether I liked it, what I didn't like, what I should have done. And mm-hmm. then I can address, I knew where the pin was, so I knew which tier to hit it to. That was my only goal. It wasn't get to the pin, get to the tier. Yeah. You know, it was in the back, I want to be in the back. So I knew kind of what the shot looked like. The only thing I needed was the distance. And then I knew immediately which, which club, because I knew how far I hit all those clubs. Yeah. I'm super inconsistent now, but yeah, but, 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 but again, back to, back to like, you know, your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you remember all this stuff cause, cause that's your thing, but that's knowledge that is first of all, impressive, beneficial because somebody at least almost made a million dollars off of it. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys have made a million dollars off of it. <laughs> it's holy shit. Yeah. A lot of people have won that, man. Know, they do yeah. it every week. So, yeah. But I mean, everybody has their little things, man. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that I'm good at. And it's funny cause like, even at work right now, like I can tell you all of the people that I've worked with for more than like six months, I can tell you their birthday, like mainly what year, all that kind of stuff. So they'll be like, they'll kind of corner me like in Coach T's class and be like, hey, when is so-and-so's birthday? 
when it's so and so's birthday, when it's so and so's this, this, this. It's like a sideshow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, but golly. but that's it's it's just impressive. Have you seen the people that can that can go through a deck of cards real quick, uh, put it down, and then recite the order? No, with I have accuracy. Not seen that's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, do you remember Coach Hardcastle? No, in high school, uh-huh. he, he was a really, really unique guy. Really smart. What did he coach? Baseball. Okay, I didn't. Play and, and it was before I forget the guy's name that 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 replaced him. Um, I don't. I don't care for that guy. McKay, maybe. <sighs> yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, he in the sociology class that that we took, we did memory work, which. I didn't really pay attention much in that class, but I paid attention to that. And so he taught you how you remember things and you remember things visually. And so you had to, one of the projects that you had to do, one of the pieces of homework was you had to go and remember a 20 line poem. And the way you did it was, I think it was five rooms in your house. Well, I can tell you one, two, three, four, four rooms in your house. And it was a five line poem. Mm-hmm. That can't be right. Five rooms, four line poem, but you associated a line in the room with something in the room and you try to make the line appear. So for me, like the start of it was when you get what you want in your struggle for life, right? That was, that was the first part of it. I'm looking in my mirror. And so I'm looking at, at me struggling with the world. Yeah. You know, like, like, like kind of the Atlas thing where Atlas has the world on his back. Yeah. That's, that's what I saw myself. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, when you think of these sports, like like say I said, Larry Brown, like mm-hmm. what what came to mind? Because you already talked about how you remember where you AI were. Yeah, in the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. the O one, the O one yeah. finals against the Lakers, really. Okay. Yeah, he coached that team. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first thing. We say Larry Brown, that's the first thing that comes to my head. And then I'm pretty sure Larry Brown coached um, the O four Pistons, too. I think, yeah, yeah. I against think that's the Lakers, accurate. And mm-hmm. that's a tough one because they beat us, beat the hell out of us. <laughs> and we were really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was the Carl Malone and Gary Payton year. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that, like, and I think you're right because it works that way with, with me for numbers. Like, when I see people, right? Like, I don't know, like, people at work that I haven't even worked with very long, when I see them, if I think about, like, I can see a number when I see them, right? And it works that way with a lot of athletes. And same with colleges. Like, I can see them in their uniform in college. So that's why I can know the, who they played for, things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's that almost like sense. a photographic memory, but not when I get to choose. Yeah. Yeah. So well, he, he was making the case that that's, that's just it. That's, that's the secret is creating a sort of system to where you can remember things. Like, he had us remember uh, numbers 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. And we had to associate an image with it. So for me, like one sun, two shoe, three tree. And so if I had to remember like one and then two after it, for me it was a, a sun with a grin on it, its face yeah. smashing a shoe. Yeah. That's, that was, That's how you move through the yeah, order. Yeah, exactly. So we had to do this thing that they show on uh, like the streets of Vegas, on the, on the strip of Vegas. You know, they do all those parlor tricks out there. But right. this guy would get a dollar, you would hand him a dollar, and he could – look at the serial number of like multiple dollars and then read them all back. But it's, he's processing things visually. That's he's, he's, he's doing a similar technique. Yeah. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how I do it. Like, I think it has a lot to do with that, with visuals. And I can see moments in my head and know when they happen and things like that, where I was, um, you know, like, like I said, the kick six earlier, I remember exactly where I was. I remember the date of it, all that kind of stuff. Like, and 
And I think you're right. It's like, because I remember the picture of the location. I remember what I was looking at. I remember all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. So it probably does happen with sports too. You know, I can see people's colleges. Like you would ask me right now, I could probably still tell you a lot of them. Probably not <laughs> as much as I could when I was, you know, 16, but yeah. I've drank some more beer since then. You, you got to make some, some space for some more important information. Exactly. Too. I got to remember sales numbers, you know, goals, yeah. Yeah. quarterly numbers, <laughs> things like that. So I got a lot to worry about before I, uh, before I can remember home run seasons and things like that. Are you worried about real estate during this COVID stuff? What no. are your thoughts? No. No. People always need a place to live. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, no, not only that, like the interest rates have come way down. So mm-hmm. like a lot of people are buying houses in Ocean Springs, for instance, like it's tough to find a house for somebody who wants to buy one. We were buying back in October and we had a hard time. Yeah. So we started looking, we had been looking for a house um, for like a year. Right. And we actually found this one by accident. We were driving through you know, on my street that I live on now, we were driving it and it had the sign out. And I was like, that looks like a pretty cool place. Like, let's stop and look at it. Door was unlocked. Nobody was here. Door was unlocked. And I was like, this is a sign, baby. We got (laughs) to look. So we went and like, we walked around this house, walked in the back, looked at the pool, all this kind of stuff. I was like, I love it. Yeah. I was like, I see like my bar. I'm like, I see this is going to be my bar. Oh, I would have flipped over this, this, this building here. Yeah. 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 And there's a room upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. There's a room upstairs yeah, that I'm turning into like a suite for my parents. Perfect. For when they, uh, you know, they live here, but my nephews and my brother live with my parents. So they, they like to get away during mm-hmm. weekends a lot. So I'm turning this, this space above us right now into like a suite getaway for them. Okay. Um, but I liked that. I liked having the little shop, right? Yeah. Probably not like yours, but like the little shop. I liked this area being the bar. I had these doors put in that go towards out to the pool. Yeah. You know, this is kind of what I saw it as was like a, you know, a fun place. And one thing that my fiance and I, when we were looking for houses, we think of places that like when we have children, I wanted them to have a place that they'd be proud of. Right. Yeah. Like I remember when I was a kid, you know, somebody was coming to stay the night, for instance, right? Guy, kid from school was coming to stay the night. There was always that pressure of like, Oh, I got to make sure my house is, looks nice. Like, I don't want him to be like, oh, he lives in a, you know, yeah, a crappy yeah. house and go tell everybody at school. You sure. know, so I want my kids to be like happy and like proud of where they live. I want to be able to have kids over, not only because I'm a control freak and I don't want them to go to someone else's house. Yeah. Right. But um, <clears throat> yeah. So like to answer your original question, no, I mean, people always need a place to live. Real estate will never. One thing I've always loved about real estate. My mom told me this one time, just the only thing that they can't make any more of is land. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So when I buy property, Elon Musk is working on it. Yeah. He's <laughs> trying to get, he's trying to get us some more, you know, but hell, that'll just be more I can sell. That's right. That's what I look at. As it, long so. as the outcome is income. Exactly. So, um, no, to answer your question, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Like, um, you know, especially here, this you know, is a great place. It's yeah. a great place. People yeah. love the school districts, top rated one in the state. It's tough to literally like we have a, it's tough to find inventory. Yeah. Right. To have houses here, so and Ocean nah. Springs controls the building so much here. One of the things I noticed when I came back was how how much it seemed there was this sort of harmonious nature between you know Ocean Springs and like nature. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've got these huge hundreds of years old oaks, and they just kind of coexist with all the buildings and everything yeah. else. And it's, it's it's really beautiful downtown. Yeah. So when my girlfriend came here for the first time, my then girlfriend, she came here for the first time with me. Um, she was like, you know, she's from Illinois, grew up in Illinois, lives in Maryland now where we mm-hmm. live right outside of DC. And 
of course, like being from Mississippi, but living in Washington, D.C., of course, people ask me like, oh, you're from Mississippi? Like, you know, what's that like? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not like that. Trust <laughs> me. And I like show them pictures yeah. and they're like, this ain't from Mississippi, man. Where was this shit? And I'm like, that's home. Like, I'm that's from more. the 228 Mississippi. Yeah, like it's a different, it's a different speed. Yeah, just to make it easy, I'm like, it's more like Florida. Like, let's put it yeah. there. It's a little more like a historic Florida. But mm-hmm. no, the uh, when I brought her down the first time, she was in love with Washington Avenue. Right, like from the railroad tracks to the mm-hmm. beach, there's nothing but like hundreds and hundreds of year old oaks down there. Yeah. So she fell in love with that pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So she was actually the one she convinced me to move. Oh, know, really? To move back, so. Yeah, it's it's it really is great, man. And and that downtown scene is is a is a pretty cool scene. And and they do a pretty good job of kind of regulating uh, kind of the image that they want to uh, convey. So much so, I'm sure you remember the the debacle with the twisted anchor. Tattoo place, Matt Stephens yeah. joint. Yeah, yeah. He had to fight the city over it because they didn't want, like they the were fighting parlor, the like tattoo parlor. A, but you walk in there, it's a, it's an art studio. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful place. Like one of the most beautiful places in downtown Ocean Springs. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's actually super cool because it does give you like another layer to downtown Ocean Springs. It's not just you know stores and bars. Yeah. You know, like they can have a beautiful, beautiful tattoo parlor with somebody as talented as Matt. So, yeah, um, yeah man, I love it. I think it was obviously the best decision they could have made to let him down there. That 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 store, the art that comes out of that store is as much Mississippi as a magnolia tree. As you can possibly get. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he's a direct descendant of Walter Anderson. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's carried on that style of, of, of art, carried it to Milan. I think he did an expose in Milan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's like super impressive. And like one thing I was I was kind of leaning towards, like when I talk to people about where I'm from is and kind of one thing that you mentioned is there's so much like I don't want to say talent, but like there's so much here in the people. Like it's just amazing to see some of the things that we've seen that some people that we went to school with just all of this, like how far and how like how talented they are right in their fields, which is which is back to the point about the podcast. Like I realized like, man, there's a great inventory of people here, you know, like really, really interesting people. You know, like we went to, when when I was in high school at one point, you had somebody that would go on to play, you know, some, some preseason games with the Eagles and then some preseason games with the lions, you Mm -hmm. know, like you, you, you had that kind of talent there. Yeah, caught two so. touchdowns in a national championship game. There you go. That's How right. About that? That's right. Yeah. That's were you at the Were you at the game at the uh, state championship with the uh, Ocean Springs uh, South and, Nola? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Richards? Uh, like, like he got tackled, rolled on the guy, never made down contact. He got up and ran. Yeah, he got yeah. up and ran, and then both teams like kind of stopped. We're like, what the hell? And, but, but then everyone realized, like, no no referee blew the whistle. He yeah. wasn't down. Yeah. You know, yeah, he just kind of touched the ground. Just right over. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a tough game, but one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life yes. was that season. Yes. Yeah, just oh, yeah. so much fun. Tearing I, goalposts down. I can, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I can still remember, like, Robert Hirsch, you know, Every speech was about the Ocean Springs juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah. Doc, Dr. Hirsch, man, he's the GOAT. I remember yeah. driving past, this is just a few months ago, I took Michaela past the new high school, which, of course, we didn't go to, but, I, you know, Ocean Springs University yeah. is what my, my nephews call it. But um, I took her by, and she was like, who's Robert Hirsch? And I was like, oh, I got some stories for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, cool. I'll tell you. He got five books. Yeah. 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 Actually, he has some stories for her too. I'll <laughs> have her buy the books. Yeah. But no. Um, but yeah, the Ocean Springs Juggernaut, that was probably one of the most fun times I've, I can remember. Yeah. Was that season, was those games. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. And, and, and plus, what was unique about it was the offense that, that we ran. We ran that wing T offense mm-hmm. because we had, such a dominant backfield, you yeah. know, and, and then coach Jones was, was the coach at the time. And he yep. was just kind of a visionary at that, like kind of pushing that through the state. But, you know, I don't, I don't really see that anymore. I've, I've never seen the wing T anywhere else. No. In the last few seasons, we've had Ryan Ross been the head coach at OS and they haven't had quite the success that we want or that we were used to them having, Yeah, you know, but they just, they just moved on. So, you know, it's looking good for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of really good things about the, the new one. New coach. Who's the new coach? I can't even remember his name, but he was, he's, I've heard a ton of really good things about him from, you know, just the people who live around here, right? Because I haven't even lived here during, during football season for a while. So I leave it up to family and stuff to keep me updated. Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard a ton of good things about him. I wish I could remember his name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny before they built that enormous high school, which I went there for my goddaughter's dance recital and it feels man, it feels like a maximum security prison yeah. you know like it's 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 got the ability to lock down really well and what's interesting i noticed all the on the outside windows of all the rooms the room numbers in there and i thought well what's the point of that and i thought it must be if they have a lockdown situation and they know, where, know it where it is so so they know where to tactically yep. you know kind of kind of i think that's in. exactly what it is yeah um which is a good thing because with so, so much crazy stuff you see nowadays yeah i think that was one of the big things that they had when they designed that yeah was yeah. kind of that idea. Yeah, I, I think you have to be intelligent like that about Sadly. that potential. I know, man. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. But so when when I was in high school, just the class catalog, like what you could select. Yeah. Like it felt like a university then. Yeah. Because you had so many different things. Like you could, I think, like classes I've told people that I've, I've uh, had that, and they thought like they taught that in high school would be like microbiology, genetics, yeah, you know, sociology. You could take all those things, and and they were. I mean, well, as far as I knew, I was in high school, but they were re- really well taught. Yeah. So, like family dynamics was one that I uh, yeah. that I remember I learned a lot on. Yeah. And now I'm like, golly, these are things like I should have known anyway. Yeah. But I'm like, hell out! I wouldn't have learned them if I didn't yeah. go to family dynamics. Oh, right? for sure. Or like for the sure. fact that one thing that floors Michaela that she thinks is so crazy is the fact that you could take bowling, and they would take oh, you that. to Ocean Lanes, which I was yeah. signed back there from Ocean Lanes. Yeah. They would take you to bowling and like if you didn't have the money you just stayed and like did your homework yeah and she's like they let you leave school to go bowling and i'm like yeah yeah dog yeah so yeah. was the best <laughs> yeah i don't know if they still paddle oh kids, god but we, they paddle she thinks I got paddle my the senior. craziest thing oh me too but 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 the thing is like you've got to explain the process like i think the one detail that's fuzzy is if you had to opt in or you had to opt out yep and i think I think you were, everybody could get paddled unless the parents specifically opted out. Yeah. But like they had to go get a witness. Then you had to be like arms linked away from a chair. You had to bend at the hips. You had to raise up the, the back of your shirt to make sure there was no padding. Yep. I was sent home one time because I knew I, I, I was going to get paddled. And they said, well, no, we're not going to do this. Like they, they, they basically wanted it to be like, no, you're going to get the paddle. Yeah, like no, you're going to force the you're paddle. You're going to ask with them. You had to pull. <laughs> you, had to, you got four licks, I think. And, and you had to pull your wallet out or whatever. And then you just, you know, legs locked, arms over. And that, and that was the position. And, and you got hit four and times. It got documented. So Crazy thing is, I got spanked a lot when I 
was a kid, mm-hmm. right? Big proponent, taught me a lot. You know, yeah. I used to lie a lot when I was a kid. I haven't lied since I was like 11. Okay. Right? And it was because I used to get my ass whipped all the time. Yeah. I will tell you, my stepdad is a very, he's a strong man. <laughs> right? The hardest I have ever had my ass whipped is in Ocean Springs High School. By far. Mr. Baggett? Mr. Baggett. <laughs> He was like Hubbard he was Mike had, Stanton. Just, Hubbard had my number, man. Yeah, and Hubbard did. And like, first <laughs> and he was of all, my basketball coach too. So yeah, for me, time has always been an important thing for me. So like, hour detention, four licks. I'm going licks all the time. Well, it yeah, wasn't just that because if you were at the point where you getting paddled, it was either or. It, it was either your parents had to come pick you up. Mm-hmm. Or you got paddled. Now, it was up to the student, which I thought was a brilliant part of it. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? Well, you're not going to have mom or dad leave work yeah. come get you because then you're going to get your ass beat twice. Yeah. Then I'm going to get with my ass at home and That's I'm right. get sent home from school. So no. so normally they they wouldn't do both, right? And, if, and of course, the incentive was, was for the kid just to, you know, mm-hmm. take the licking. But you ever seen, I forget the movie, it was with um, Norm, Norm MacDonald and maybe Adam Sandler, but they were, it might have been dirty work or dirty jobs or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were... Another in Billy Madison. Norm MacDonald was in Billy Madison, but... It might be that too, but the scene is that they were they were getting pickles, and one person had ketchup on them, the other one had mustard, and they were throwing it on a window, and they were seeing which one would fall down. I think it's Billy Madison. Is it okay? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I was doing that, and I had done it uh, Monday, and then on Thursday, Mr. Breland was behind me, and he's like, "All right, Brian, let's go." And he, and I was like, "What?" Like I tried to act like yeah. he didn't see me do what. what? He's like, "I've I've been waiting to find the person who's been doing that all week. I caught you red-handed. Let's go." And so we go to the principal's office, and and he calls. Uh, well, first of all, I get handed off to Mr. Hubbard and Coach Hubbard at the time, and the he says, "You know, Brian, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna give you the option to you know battle you because I'd been to the principal's office a couple times that week." Yeah, and. He's like, I'm just going to call your dad. I said, no, look, I'll take double the licking. No, give don't, me, give don't me do twice. It. Give don't me twice. Dad, please. Come on, homie. Yeah. <laughs> please, he, bro. And so, and so he calls my dad. My dad's working at Keesler at the time. He's on speakerphone. He said, uh, Mr. Belford, got your son here, uh, and he's been misbehaving a lot this week. We're going to ask you to come, come get him, and he's going to be suspended for Friday as well. So he won't come back till Monday. Yeah. And my dad sighs. He goes, all right. It's going to take me like 40 minutes to get there. Uh, have y'all paddled him? And, and, like, no, and he works. goes, no, sir, that's not how this works. Like whenever, whenever, you know, we call you to come pick him up, we don't give him the option. Uh, and he goes, right, right. I, I know. I'm, I guess I'm asking, could you paddle him? And then I'll be there in about 40 minutes. <laughs> He's like, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> and, so I don't have to do it. And Mr. Hubbard, he, he looks at the phone, looks at me, and, and just gives me the shitty and grin. And he's like, Mr. Belford, for you, I can do that. Yeah, it's like, God, <laughs> damn it, Dad. Get my ass whipped and I'm I know, suspended. I know. And so I got it. Uh, yeah, I got it twice that day, you know. Yeah, I got into, it reminds me of a story. I got into a fight when I was in, like, sixth grade. Okay. Right? Only fight I've ever been in, right? Got in this fight. It was like, say it was a Tuesday. They called my mom. And they were like, hey. You know, he got in a fight, you know, in the cafeteria, and we're going to have to suspend him for three days and all this. And my mom is a very smart lady. She's like, okay. She's like, but you know what would be worse? And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, make him go to school. And they're like, well, you know, he got into a fight. And she's like, look, I'm a working mother. If you have him at home, he's going to sit there and play video games all day. It's going to be a little vacation. And they were like, oh, 
She was like, I don't want him sitting at home playing video games all day. So we're like, okay, we're going to give him ISS and make him write lines all day. And she was like, perfect. And I'm like, God, mom, <laughs> like that's way worse. <laughs> like, I, th- I thought it was because like maybe you had a black eye or something like that. And so no. you had to deal with that kind of embarrassment. No, she was like, I don't want you sitting at home playing N64 or whatever it was. Yeah. PS2. <laughs> uh, she was like, I don't want you sitting at home playing video games all day. Like when you're grounded, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, right. She's like, I would rather you sit in a desk and write lines all day. And I'm like, please don't, please don't make me go. Let me get suspended. She's like, no. But I also remember one time when I was in high school, they did call my mom. They were like, hey, you know, we wanted to make sure it was okay. You know, if he did get um, get paddled. My mom was like, hell yeah, whoop his ass. That'll teach him not to do that shit again. I'm like, mom, this is on speakerphone. I remember it was Hubbard and Breland and Breland's like, yeah, like yeah. starts laughing or whatever. I'm like. This is not funny. Yeah. Oh man, they were they might have been the worst licks I ever got. Yeah, from Hub. All six, what six four of them just coming down. Oh yeah. All oh, his yeah. weight, dude. Yeah. yeah. Took me on my feet. He he still had a pretty good jump shot at the time. You know, in, in, in basketball practice, he would he would pick up a ball and shoot, and yeah. yeah, he had a really good deep corner three. Smooth. Yeah, yeah, really good. Really like you know had it like perfectly in the pocket, you know, straight form on that. I mean, it was, it was, it was really impressive. You know, it wasn't as good as mine, but you know, yeah. it was doable. <laughs> you, know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> you know, if you see wood grain, that's my range. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> you guard me at the gym door. Yeah. You better pull up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't wait to get, get, get back to playing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, right now is when they're supposed to have, have the adult league. Yeah, at the at the rec center, but I guess that's when you know obviously put on hold. Yeah, I'm about to I'm about to get one, get myself a you know a hoop for out here. Oh man, I'm gonna have to come by. You have to do because I don't get one I don't, of those good ones. I, my garage is at an angle, so you know I can't yeah, yeah. I can't do it. I'm but yeah, one of the yeah, you definitely have to have one. Yeah, I got tons of space out yeah. there. I'm gonna get me a 60 inch board like one of the NBA ones, yeah. bolted in. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So any listeners that want to get it on the on the court. <laughs> you know. Come get it, right? So, are you pretty competitive? Very, very, almost to a fault. Tell, tell me, give me some insight on that. Well, first of all, almost to a fault. So when I play, like I play a lot of rec sports at home, like in DC, mm-hmm. they're non-competitive, quote unquote. So they don't keep well, score, that sort of thing. No, it's just like you know they don't have college athletes out there. You know, oh, oh, gotcha. playing yeah. college basketball, dunking on everybody and stuff. Yeah. So they have competitive leagues and they have non-competitive. Well, I'm probably one of the more competitive people in a non-competitive league. Fair right? enough. Yeah, I'm not good enough to be as angry about losing as I get to. Yeah. I'm one of those people I hate losing more than I like winning. Oh, I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Like, I hate losing so much because then I feel like I've been bested, right? If I win, hey, that's cool. I expect to win in a lot of things. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's that that's that competitive mindset. Yeah, yeah, I expect to win at a lot of things. So when I do lose, it's I'm and I don't, honestly I'm kind of a sore loser too. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say that because I'm 31 and I should <laughs> be more like adult like, but I'm a little bit of a sore loser. I I hate losing when it's. I like the Pistons though. When it's out of my control, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're very sore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, there was uh, we had this guy who was like six eight on our intramural team back in Florida, but he, he like, he never played organized basketball, which I think is just like Crazy. such a crime. Yeah. You know, like put him in there, like get him to college. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll go to a junior college yeah, at I least. I was six, eight doing anything, I'm playing sports. That's right. You're yeah. damn right. Yeah. So he didn't understand what we were playing against the team that had the base team players on it. Mm-hmm. So they were running their motion offense. And so what they were doing was they were forcing screens. Right. And so 
I could see this. Yeah. And so I stopped, you know, switching. Right. And I tried to tell him to, to stop doing that. But then once they figured out was that he didn't know how to process that. Yeah. So they would force the screen on him. So he'd have to pick up their fastest guy. And he was he was heavy in the shoes, man. So, I mean, it was just it was just an easy score all the time. Yeah. And That's so what Cavs I, did to the Warriors. Yeah. So they came back from 3-1. <clears throat> Is they switched, they kept switching stuff on to LeBron, and then LeBron took him to the rack. Yeah. Did it every time. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's actually, it comes with a lot of basketball. Yeah. yeah. And it comes with processing information quickly, you know, like all of that kind of stuff, man. Like there's a lot more to, to sports ever than athletics. You For can sure. You're 6'8 and be the tallest person on the basketball court, and you should dominate. You don't know where to go. You lost. Been waiting to bring this up. Oh. This is a great segue. Okay. Okay. Alex Caruso. Oh, man. He is probably my favorite player to watch in the NBA right yeah. now. He's so intelligent. He's a genius, then. He's, he's, an, he's, an, he's an absolute beast mentally with the game. He knows where to be, how to, his timing. The amount of put-back dunks that guy has. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, him and LeBron play. They, I think that him and LeBron, when it comes to plus-minus, have one of the highest plus-minuses in the NBA when they play together. No kidding. Right? And it's because, especially <clears throat> defensively, is because – when it comes to playing defense, it's not always getting a hand in somebody's face, yeah. right? It's that little step to your left that closes a passing lane, makes a guy take a bad shot. Like, it's little things like that that he's so good at, right? And not only that, he's a freak athlete. Dunks on everybody, can shoot. I think he shoots 38% from three. Like, I mean, he's a really good player, yeah. right? Yeah. So, And he's not somebody you'd expect. No, you know? and he's balding. He's balding, yes. Yeah, he looks he's 45. He's crazy, explosive player. Yeah. yeah, and he's like 24 years old, and he looks 46. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's like Manu Ginobili, except not, maybe not that crafty. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think his, his weakness is his left hand. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of finishing with the right hand, even on the left side, even, even when it's a clear like left, left-handed opportunity. Yeah, he can't even go left very easily. No, no. Yeah. He's got that kind of right... You know, uh, pinch at the high post drive. But. Yeah, which is crazy because you don't think that being able to go left or finish left is that big a deal. But in the NBA, it takes away a whole side of the court. whole side of the court. Yeah. yeah. So if they force you, especially like a defender, like you were talking about Patrick Beverly, if he knows that you can't finish left, he's going to push you left the entire time. Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. That's that's basketball defense one on one. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's the only reason he's not a, even a he doesn't have more minutes. Yeah. Even though I think in Orlando he's going to spend a decent amount of time on the floor with no Avery Bradley. So yeah, 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 yeah. It should be interesting. What are your thoughts on the on the NBA season? Man, sadly, so the Lakers that were number one in the West, I don't think that they are going to. Sadly, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win at all. Really? Yeah, and AD's healthy. I mean, yeah, but the only vice that the Clippers had all year was health. Yeah, when they're starting five. A lot of five, teams are benefiting now from that Yeah, I from think that when break. it comes to the Clippers starting five, they only played like six, seven games together with all of them, right? Well, now they've had four months, three and a half months to get healthy. Portland, right? too. Portland's really good, right? Yeah. They have Nurkic back, yeah. right? They have Zach back. They, like, these teams that were struggling with, with health, right? They're all, I mean, it's going to be a full strength thing, and I, don't, I just don't know if they're deep enough. But Lakers benefited from that too. I mean, yeah. they, they've they've got an they've got a healthy AD. They've got a you know, like the Lakers are deep too. They are. But when I look at a team like the Clippers, obviously I think the four best. Like I'd say the Clippers because I think they're the biggest thing standing their way, right? I think if you put the best four players in that series would be obviously LeBron, Kawhi, AD, Paul George, right? But then when I look at starting lineups or even their entire teams, I think the next four four best players are all Clippers. 
Really? Right? I think it's Lou Williams. You know, mm-hmm. you got uh, Montres Harrell, right? You got these really good players. Like, I mean, Avery Bradley would be up there. Danny Green is probably the third best player for the Lakers. So, um, I mean, older Dwight, you know, he's putting up really good numbers, but he's doing it in 12 minutes. Yeah. You know, so, like, as much as he is a great name, he's not going to be one of the best players in that series, right? So. Who do you think the better team is defensively? Ooh, that one's tough. That's very tough, That's very tough because the big thing about the Clippers is their best two players are the best two-way players in the league, Mm -hmm. right? Paul George and Kawhi, they can guard one through fours, Mm -hmm. right? They're the most versatile team for sure, but I think AD is probably defensive player of the year. Right, so I would probably say the Clippers. I think offensively, I think it's the Lakers, but I think defensively, I think the Clippers are probably better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Milwaukee's really good defensively too. Yeah, right? I, I, I honestly, if it's me, I mean, I, I think it's, I see, I see Milwaukee and LA in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's how you don't have to say Lakers or Clippers. You say LA. <laughs> Fair enough, Lakers. Lakers yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah my bet. bad, my bad. I like that. Um, yeah, that's funny. Oh man, you don't have to choose. I wish I had come up with that. Yeah, Milwaukee and LA. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think I think that's tough, man. Um, I I, Giannis has has so much heart, man. When he plays, like it it seems that he's just got a a determined will to win. Yeah. Um, A buddy of mine uh, would would say like. Like I was texting him during a game one time. He's like, "Oh, look at that! Another drive by Giannis!" Like, it, yeah. But but he's so dominant with it. Like, Why he's, wouldn't he's, he's so great. Yeah. Yeah. He's six eleven. He's, he's got a great technique to it. Uh, also, like he pushes through and widens his elbows to get past when mm-hmm. he when he's going through. He takes these yeah. big steps. Yeah. So really, it just he takes a lot of that. Um, I'm trying to think who it was who said, you know, if I could take two dribbles and dunk, I'd be the best player in the league too, or something like that. And he's like, "But you can't." Yeah. <laughs> I can. Yeah, so why enough. wouldn't I do that? Yeah, right. he, he can too. He can go from like, you know, three point to, to, to dunking in, in, in two steps. Two steps. Yeah. Without traveling. Without which tra- is crazy. <laughs> Takes James Harden forty three steps to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I I had to watch that in slow motion, that that weird double step back. Yeah. And in, in order to see like I guess it's not traveling. Like it's 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 the timing of the ball, like like it's as the it gather. touches the ground. Yeah. 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 Is gather because you can step during a gather and it doesn't count as one of your steps for uh-huh. doing a you know, for traveling. So he's just timed it. And hey, I actually I'm all about it, right? I'm, yeah. it's a gamesmanship thing if you ask me. Yeah. Um but I think it's so funny because people people hate watching James Harden play basketball. And I don't get it. I don't get it either. He's one of the best. He, James Harden will go down as one of the best scorers we've ever seen. For sure. Yeah, and it's not his fault that he gets 11 free throw attempts a game. You know, like, that's he puts himself in that situation. He draws contact. He fought. Like, if I could take 11 free throws a game, I would. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, and, and what's crazy is, like, him, KD, and Westbrook were all on the same team at one point. Golly. And, and Harden came off the bench. Yeah. He's sixth man of the year. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. Why did they not win? Yeah, because they ran into LeBron. Yeah. 2012 finals. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, they lost in five games. <laughs> yeah. Um, that team, man, if they could have just – I think they chose the wrong people, right? I think if they would have – that 2012 Thunder team, they put all of their future on Russell Westbrook, right? And KD, right? That's mm-hmm. why they let Harden walk. Right. Well, then it came down to Russell Westbrook and KD. They still didn't fix the situation. KD left. Yeah. Right. The Thunder. If I believe firmly that if they would have traded Russ instead of James Harden, I think they would have won two championships. Yeah. Because they would have brought their starters would have been. 
hopefully they would have gotten to a point where they started James at the, at the one, you mm-hmm. know, just like the, the Rockets did for a while. But if they started him at the one, they said Andre Roberson or Tabo Cephalosha, if they had those guys and they could have still, their offense would have been way better. They didn't have, they wouldn't have had Westbrook jacking up shots, right? Turning the ball over, things like that. Um, that team should have won. They should have won a few championships, yeah. right? Because it's not hard to say that, um, you know, Harden and KD, when they're healthy, are two of the top six players in the league, probably, yeah. right? And Russ, even now, um, is probably top 20, 20, between 20 and 25. I still think he's one of the best finishers in the league. Oh, he's definitely one of the best finishers, you know? for sure, right? If he didn't – I think if he didn't shoot 28% from three <laughs> and take six of them a game – yeah. You know, they'd be a little better off, but yeah. Eh, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, but that team, you're right. That team should have won. Yeah. Should've them and, and then the Suns, but Shaq, Shaq slowed him down. I, I think, I think that's Literally. the big problem with the Suns because, it, because they, they were the best. I mean, you go back and watch them. That, I mean, their, their transition game was just incredible. Yeah. It was the 12 seconds or less offense. Yeah. Uh, Steve Nash, you know, um, Sean Marion, uh, Mari, Mari Stoudemire. Mari Stoudemire. Yeah, Barbosa was on there too, right? Who's that? Barbosa. Yeah, Andrew Barbosa was yeah. a backup point guard for yeah. them. Um, Raja Bell, they had a really good team, and they flew up and down the court, yeah. which is the only reason Steve Nash has two MVPs. <laughs> yeah, when Kobe should have definitely <laughs> won think he's at over- least one of those. <laughs> okay. I just think it's funny that you look at these guys who've won one MVP, right? Like Shaq. Mm-hmm. Shaq's won one MVP award. Kobe's won one MVP award. Steve Nash has two. I'm like, golly, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. When, when you put it like that, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like Dirk, one of the best 20 players of all time, one of the top five power forwards of all time. That's one MVP. Have you seen that one guy on YouTube who, who does the impressions? Of, yeah. Bro, Hilarious. His, his Dirk one is like my, my absolute favorite. Hilarious. Gets that knee up and just <laughs> yeah. drops it through. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. This kid get, doesn't get enough credit. No, no, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And, and of course, his, his LeBron James one is, is, is really on point, too. Like, yeah, with his headband and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the wide, the wide hip walk, walk back yeah. like trot. Yeah. You know, he kicks his knees out. <laughs> LeBron's too swole. That's what I like to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, man, we got uh, an hour and 40 minutes here. Yeah. What do you think? It's been fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done a podcast before, so I get to talking about – I feel like I went off on a bunch of tangents, but it's all right. I kind of just that's, talked, that's said it. things. That's it. Low yeah. bar here. Low bar. Yeah. You know, so – and, and again, I'm, I'm like two miles away, so we could definitely do this again. I'd like to maybe get, get a drop mic and maybe just have a room full of people. Yeah. And do one that way and just kind of talk shit, you know. That just, would be just, fun, dude. Just, I'd definitely just a bullshitting, be down for that. Uh, uh, session, but I, 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 I got to figure out – how to do that. But anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up. Michael Beach. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Yep. How do we get in touch with you? Do you want to give any of your social media stuff out there? I'm just Michael underscore Beach. Okay. You know, on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Twitter. Pretty good Twitter. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll check it funny. out. So I say the things on. I wish I could say on Facebook or Instagram on Twitter. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely check that out. All right, everybody. Appreciate it. See ya. Everybody, thanks again for listening. As always, we appreciate the support from each and every one of you. If you found value in this episode or you just enjoyed the entertainment, feel free to give us a review and a rating. Also, don't forget to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. Check out our website at shopandchivalry.com where we have links to our episodes, a blog, pictures, and other media, and also a way to get in contact with us. 
Shoot us an email or a message if you would like to be on the show. Finally, follow us on Facebook at The Shop and Chivalry Podcast, Instagram, Shop and Chivalry, and Twitter at Shop and Chivalry. Thanks again, everybody. See ya.